What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Watch from Mercury. I am your host, Maxim Allen Lan, and today I am remembering to hyphenate my last name because I got married after I started podcasting, and I've been like a robot saying Maxim Allen the whole time. But <laughs> it's it, been a year, and I <laughs> so <laughs> you 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 just updating your LinkedIn profile just now kind of threw now. off my threw off my uh, and I'm Alex, I guess uh, Fasella. <laughs> Dude, and, uh, I no, I realized in the shower today, I was like, I gotta start saying that. Why do I keep fucking it's just like it's so automatic. I'm like, I'm not gonna start saying it unless I start saying it. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, welcome to a special um emergency broadcast episode. Uh, where I finished Cowboy Bebop and we both had nothing going on, so we decided to do an episode right now about it. Even though you guys already got two episodes this week. At no expense to you, so yeah. I was gonna go to Jeet Kune Do, which yes, I started because of Spike Spiegel, but then I realized I was too sweepy, so we decided to podcast. <laughs> oh, the sleepiness is the best podcast activity. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so opening thoughts. Uh, this is one of the greatest anime of all time, obviously. Yeah. Uh, some things in a very succinct way that I really loved. I love the world building. Mm-hmm. I love all the characters. I love that we got arcs for all the characters. And I loved that the show didn't try to be more than it was. They were just like, we are bounty hunters doing a thing every episode. And it's fun. And there's no, we need to save the world or anything. And which brings me to the thing I want to open up with for discussion is during our Shonen Jump the Shark Patreon, actually, Patreon.com slash watch from Mercury if you listen to this and watch from Mercury at gmail.com. If you're joining us for the first time for this episode, we review anime on this podcast and we are watching Jujutsu Kaisen season two right now and Mobile Suit Gundam build metaverse as a separate thing. But watch from Mercury at Patreon.com. So on our Patreon episode of Shonen Jump the Shark, we talked about rivals. This is like our first or second one. Mm-hmm. And one of the classic things that like in every list the number one rivals or like in the top five is vicious and spike yeah and you were like i don't think there's rivals <laughs> i regretted it immediately though <laughs> i actually am on your side here oh and the okay. reason why is i think a, a good like they are in the, the definition of the word yes they are rivals but what this show does well is we don't have a Goku, Vegeta, Naruto, Sasuke. Yes. Continual, like, we're battling every few episodes. Like, mm-hmm. we're always there competing. The The whole um, syndicate vicious thing, we only have, it's four episodes of that. Yeah. Out of 26, you get one towards the beginning, one in the middle, and then the two last episodes. And it kind of gives you these really nice, like, in podcasting, you want a structure, right? You can't just mm-hmm. sit here and just chat with your friends and have it be yeah. good every time. You want like a thing you can return to. And they did an amazing job, I think, with the vicious storyline to kind of put some anchor points in the episodes because otherwise it feels Monster of the Week. I think it was the perfect blend is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop, I think its biggest strength, it's got a lot of strengths and I'll try to remember what they all are, but I think <laughs> its biggest strength is how much it does not tell you. We yeah. are meeting all these characters essentially in Act 3 of their stories. Mm-hmm. Spike stuff with the Syndicate, you get literally just flashes of it. We don't see Jet in his failed relationships and being a cop. We see flashback once or twice. We don't see most of Faye Valentine's life because, spoiler alert, she's not aware of it either. And there's so many things about Spike Spiegel's life that I want to know so bad, but I'm mm-hmm. almost happier not knowing. I want to know, like, when did he learn Jeet Kune Do? Who taught him Jeet Kune Do? What was his family like? And I'm never going to know, and the show is better for it. because yes. And the thing that is so strong, uh, the point I'm trying to make with the vicious like anchor points thing, Cowboy Bebop is a show that uses, I think, the medium of television maybe better than any show l- like it, because... It's all about people avoiding their problems, i.e. the plot. So it's yeah. bounty of the week because all these people are trying so hard to not think about their sad pasts. Mm-hmm. And the plot, as much as it has one, intrudes upon that format. The plot yeah. almost feels like a distraction from the <laughs> yeah. vibe. 
in the best way. So you don't and, and when you get it, you only get little bits of it. Vicious works as a character because he's barely a character. He just yep. he's stone faced until he's smiling because he just killed somebody. He's got a bird who's a robot filled with bombs. We don't know <laughs> why his name is Vicious. The the live action gave him a code name as Vicious, so they start calling Spike Fearless. It was so fucking stupid. But like, <laughs> there's so little we ever learn about him because he's just like a force of nature that just keep. He's like a he's like a monster that just mm. f- follows Spike. He's like the it follows monster. And it's so, so, so good. I will never run out of nice things to say about this show. Its weakest points are just like, oh, that drawing didn't age well. It's kind of a stereotype. But other than that, it's pretty, pretty great. And so I I think they are rivals. But yes, you're absolutely, I think we can come to the middle of it. They're not rivals in the Sasuke sense where it's almost like out of love. These two men, literally there's a line like, I'm the only one who can kill you. Yeah. Like it is so unromantic. Yeah. Plus, you know, non non sexually, but like, <laughs> rom- you know what I mean? Like romantic yeah. in that rival sense. It's just I fucking hate you because and you never know fully why even you mm-hmm. can you can infer that it's vicious is mad that someone dared leave his lifestyle and it now maybe shows it stirs something in him that he doesn't like. But they must have had a pass other than just the feud over Julia, which we get. Again, mm-hmm. a wisp of Julia works as well because she's barely a character. And you could yeah. argue they should have fleshed her out more so that you care more. Spoiler alert when she dies. But I think that that's just sort of an inherent vice to the fact that you can't know too much about Spike's life. The point is he's chasing this fantasy. And when it comes back, that's when stuff is a problem. Yes. Yeah. I think all of what you said is spot on. The thing that really strikes me is you're right. The show don't tell and mm. the amount they didn't show and didn't tell yeah. is genius. And I think one thing one, one thing that's an issue, I think, with um, a lot of modern shows and at least the way that I like to write stuff, too, is I come from a world first perspective yeah. and then create characters that are a piece of that world. And it feels like Cowboy Bebop was written character first. And they built the world kind of around it. Like, we literally don't know anything about government. Like, who is the government? You know, we see, like, we see them fighting in a war on Mars at one point, and we don't even know who the two sides are or any of the politics. We know there's cops. We know there's a a corrupt police system. Mm -hmm. And we know there's colonization, essentially, because they terraformed Mars. Yeah. And that's kind of it. The way they sneak in the fact that the Earth is fucked beyond repair in that kid with the devil (laughs) as as back. When you realize that whole episode, that weird twilight zone of an episode is to sneak in like the gateway accident on you it becomes like wow that was like a magic trick of world yeah it's it's so fucking good and so fucking good they they like i don't know how they how they did it like what the process was for creating this but it was so like articulately thought out in how all the elements of this world interact with each other but they're only going to show us these pieces because we need to know them. And I watched the last episode today and all I could think was like, I wish I could watch just hundreds of more episodes of this or have other things that take place in this world. But it's also Mm -hmm. the the, the adult thought of like, but then it would suck. But then it would be bad. (laughs) I have had the thought before. And by the way, just gigantic spoiler alert for everything Bebop, because I'm going to I keep saying it. I want to just get it out of the way because I want to talk spoilers. I'm going to I'm going to do at the end of this episode. I'm going to record a quick spoiler alert tags. I forgot to do it. Yes. (laughs) yes, All of it. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, What were we talking? Remind me what we're talking about again. Uh, Show don't tell. Show don't tell. If there was more, it would be bad. Oh, yes. I've had the thought of like, if they said we're doing Cowboy Bebop 2, how fast would I jump to it while being like, okay, I hope this is good? Because I know it, I, like, it's one of those things that I want it so bad, and I know intellectually I should never get it, because then I would yep. stop wanting it so bad. Because the beauty of Bebop, and the beauty particularly of Spike Spiegel's story, is, like I said, how much we'll never know. Because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. know him through a bunch of glances, some quips, some mannerisms, and a plot that barges in for 26 episodes, and then he dies. 
Spike yep. Spiegel, they kill the hero. They kill him. And it the, is so sad. The the way I feel about this is the same way I felt when they announced Blade Runner 2049. I was like, Blade okay. Runner is like my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And they're like, it's getting a sequel. And I was more scared than excited. I was like, it's going to be bad and it's going to tarnish the legacy of Blade Runner forever. And then it was amazing. It was, and I was really like, good. I was like, I cannot believe this worked. It worked so well. I love so Blade well. Runner too. Yeah. It was so good. Meanwhile, the Star Wars sequels mm. like devastated the franchise. But like Cowboy Bebop, I, I I watched the movie back in high school. I'll watch the movie sometime soon. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's not as good as you want it to be, but it is good. But this series, like, if they were to make any type of Cowboy Bebop extension or in mm. set in the universe, I would not want to see any of the characters that we already know. I, I think whatever you do, it would just ruin it. And I would want them to commit to hand animating in the same style. Yes. I know it's a dying art, but like if they you made another Cowboy Bebop and it doesn't look like this one, it's like... I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this will ever be a project that is going to happen. Made, but I'm scared that in like I'm going to be an old be ass man in like 2070, and they're going to be like. <laughs> so it's probably Bebop, more of a nod, but they do not absolutely exclude each other. Okay, so you what did he like, do? Like Carolyn Tuesday and Kids on the Slope, I think were two things he did, mm, and one of those. Samurai Champloo. Yeah, he, and. One of those is actually takes place on Mars, so I think it's arguably a sidequel. I haven't no, seen he, it, so I don't know. He did Blade Runner Blackout. I haven't watched this one. He did one of the Animatrix cartoons, too. Animatrix, yep. Yeah. Macross Plus. I haven't gotten into Macross yet, but that's on the to-do list. Interesting. Yeah, he's brilliant. It... <sighs> It's so good. It makes me mad that other things are not this good. Yes, you want this is the an experience that I think all too many anime fans have. Mm-hmm. That you've you especially when you if you're my age and you couldn't sleep at one in the morning and you turned on TV and you you'd been watching Cartoon Network that day earlier and Adult Swim was on and you're like, what is this? This guy with big fuzzy green hair. And a blue suit is smoking, staring at a ship window while there's a saxophone playing. And it's the it's the future, but they still have like shotguns and stuff. What is this? What <laughs> is this? And then you get into it and it's so good that it kind of ruins you for other anime because it's the bar. So Gundam Wing came out only like two years earlier than Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And it is the 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 difference in quality is astounding. Yeah, <laughs> astounding. Dude, I was walking to my open mic after finishing the last episode, and I was like, "Cowboy Bebop, like, just makes me wish I could just be a guy who just smokes a cigarette and broods, and is just a fucking mm. badass in space. Like, well, all of it, <laughs> like, all of it comes together so well, and like, I like the quality difference is just so." so intense and i'm like what is so good about the storytelling like it was the perfect blend of like the monster of the week but every episode has like a little trickle of like world building too yeah i think part of it is the team was really good it's not just mm-hmm. chinachero watanabe it's that he hired really good people who were writing the scripts and and stuff and he was kind of more showrunner than i mean he created mm-hmm. a show ran and i think maybe directed but he had like a team who were all really great and we need to also throw uh some adulation toward yoko kano because this show without the music literally loses most not i don't say most it loses a lot of its point because i think and this is I, i bring that up to say i think part of the magic of cowboy bebop from a storytelling perspective is that it behaves like music and i know that sounds wicked pretentious but it's 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 very much like uh, a jazz song in that it gives you a couple of structural things and then it just goes crazy by the end and it mm-hmm. essentially solos with a fight. There's always a dog fight or a gun fight or something and it plays upon the melodic structure that it has given you and then it just t- throws them out literally into space sometimes. Yeah. And I think uh, and, and also um, I know that one of the ways they the way they wrote this 
was very fluid in that they would often tell Yoko Kano, like, here's what we want. Here's some of the sequence. And then mm-hmm. she'd write something and they then they would take that music and draw inspiration from it and finish it. And I don't know what that process looked like in terms of storyboarding or what, but I believe that they made sure that they edited to the feel of what she wrote for them because they knew that her musical drive was in many ways the drive of the storytelling itself. She control. She in many ways wrote the vibe of this show. It's yeah. It's so it's so smart. And, and I don't atten- even like jazz, and this is incredible <laughs> music. When my one dumb guy opinion is fuck jazz a little bit. I've tried. There's I I know it's valid. I just I don't love structureless music. But Yoko Kano's her music is incredible. It's so good. Tank is one of the best songs ever written, not just anime and real was, folk blues and oh, so good. I think uh, I really like big band jazz. Um, mm. Not I haven't listened to a ton of it, uh, but I do listen to Buddy Rich pretty regularly because okay. I like that like sporadic like ADHD jazz walking down the street. Type. <laughs> like it's very like someone online described uh, his song Nutville as Tank Two, basically. Oh, maybe I need to see this <laughs> so, rich fellow. It's uh yeah, it's but the the attention to music right. I can't even think of another anime that I've watched in so fucking long where the music, like, they gave a shit. Like, yeah. you know, like... Put put Tank or any, you know, uh, Stray Dog Strut or any of the, like, minor songs from Cowboy Bebop against the Naruto, like, filler music. And it's a sh- it's shameful. It's yeah, shameful it's, how non for how nothing that music is. The best and Naruto we got, generally has good music, but that's how much, much better people music is. The best we got was uh, Mobile Suit Gundam December Sky. That mm. was the first. That's like the, <laughs> that one's also jazz though. <laughs> that one is that one's like, hey, let's do Yoko Kano, but let's all do a fuck ton of Adderall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think like and like thinking about like Witch from Mercury, right? I can't even think of like. The intro and outro, yeah, I remember those. Do I remember any of the any of the music during the episode? No. Yeah, it was that absolutely like, not hey, hey, that kind of like yeah choir, but you know what I mean. That sort of soulful vocalizing, and that one, and but for the scene, good, worked, good music. Could I the, pick it out of a lineup? If you no. no, but I can go in my literally in my sleep. I'm sure yeah. I've said that in my sleep at some point. <laughs> well, it's like the. The memorability factor, right? Yeah. Like, that is something that is, like, about Cowboy Bebop that's, like, we all know it's, like, one of the most famous anime of all time because of this. Same thing with, like, Evangelion, right? Yeah. Is, like, these, you get these pieces of things that stick with you forever. And Cowboy Bebop, we got, like, characters and the music and the vibe, and it's all fantastic, right? Mobile Suit Gundam, what do we get? Robot. <laughs> robot <laughs> that's it like so you get like pieces of anime that are like stick with you but like i feel like cowboy bebop just had so many of those pieces that they just nailed yeah i mean how many imitators have there been how many like we talked about with with derek mm-hmm. how many knockoff shows were like let's just draw kind of spike spiegel as protagonist that'll sell yeah yeah the guy who smokes in a suit I guess, kind of gangly, fuzzy hair. <laughs> you squint and it looks like your boy. Yeah, it's um, dude, they just they did it so well. Okay, specific character shit. Okay, uh, Jet. I think was Jet was underserved in the plot. Yeah, I think his and they, his backstory could have been a little bit more inventive. Yeah. All I got was he's a cop who left, who stopped being a cop. He was like he was the good cop, and he maybe was the shitty boyfriend. We don't know a we whole really lot know, about yeah. Israel. The Jet episodes are not the best. Yeah, they're they're all good. They oh yeah, just, the worst Bebop didn't... episode is still good. And they just weren't amazing. Um, yeah. When I watched the movie in high school, I thought Ed was really annoying. Watching the series, I loved Ed, and I wish there was more Ed. See, my I have the exact opposite experience. I used to think Radical Edward was the coolest, and now I'm like, you could have done this whole show without her. She's wicked annoying. <laughs> I think it's so fun and funny and provides such a great contrast to the grittiness, especially when they find her father 
And her father's like, I've been looking for my son for seven years. Or daughter, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the the thing with the pinwheel and the call me, call me is iconic. And them eating yeah. those hard-boiled eggs because they can't say out loud how sad they yeah. are. Yeah. Just... And the, it's a show, and I know this is, this is a lot of anime, and I know it sounds corny to say, but it's really one of the best shows about found family. And to the point yeah. where you could make a... Comp- I've seen... So many video essays just picking apart the ending because the story of Spike Spiegel is tragic. And there's a few reasons why it's tragic, not just because he dies, but you could make a compelling argument, as I have seen made, that he is just all he thinks about is, I need to go find Julia. I need to go find Julia. Mm -hmm. And then when he gets her, she dies so fast. But how much did he really even know her? He was friends with Jet forever. He Faye became sort of like his sister, which mm-hmm. like when some people say they have a thing for each other, I feel weird, but it yeah. is a valid theory. Um, but the 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 uh, one of the possible interpretations of the ending is the main tragedy of Spike Spiegel is he was chasing something that he didn't realize he already had. Yeah, and it's I I I will pour over the finale until I die because like it is so sad that he dies at Vicious's hand but then he smiles at the end so you're like okay is this a tragedy what does he know that made him smile before he died is it just the relief because he was so miserable is it selfish in that way like you could you could interpret Spike Spiegel's crusade against Vicious in a lot of ways and I didn't notice until the last time I rewatched the finale that when he's like with Julia and he's like, I'm going to make a scene. She's like, no, 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 we can run away or I'll, and he's just like, no. And I'm like, well, is that just about his ego? And I think I've come to the conclusion. It's like, no, well, vicious will hunt us until we die. We have to go take him out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's noble enough. And then she goes, I'm coming with you. And he stops loading the gun. And I'm like, Oh, he doesn't want her to get hurt. He knows he's on a suicide mission, but he wants her to get away. And so the, my one beef with the Cowboy Bebop movie, my main beef is they have Spike doing some stuff where he is a straight up dick. And I feel like the show the whole time was saying he's really not like he, mm-hmm. he, um, he gives the, the blind girl the money so that she can get her surgery and see again. He doesn't tell her that, Ro- uh, Roko or whatever her brother wasn't that great. A guy like he really is kind of the, Guy who'll pick your pocket but has a heart of gold. And yeah. I feel like the movie leans into its edgelord. We can do whatever we want because there's no Bandai like censors watching us. That they have him do stuff that I feel is wildly out of character. <laughs> or maybe I just want to believe that my boy's a nice, nice guy at the end. And I don't I don't know. He's a, he definitely is like very self-centered. I will there'll be no argument for me on that. Yeah, but at the end, like the egg scene, the egg yeah. scene where they're eating the eggs is like that's the moment where you realize, like, oh, they this all Ed. they all had this moment where they like actually miss Ed and Faye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I was surprised that Ed went with her father. I thought they were going to set him up to be like like he does kind of suck. Um Yeah, I've had actually had discussions with Bebop fans of whether they think she's going to him or she's just going off on her own. I thought she mm. was going back to the dad, but it is I think a valid interpretation. I think she's going to follow him to try to make peace with it. he's not a great guy either but her dad so she's mm-hmm. the right to try to go save the relationship yeah um and then Faye's backstory i was surprised when she ran away from the old lady her friend mm-hmm. who she knew and she's mm-hmm. like oh i am a ghost and then she runs i'm like you didn't like sit there and be like yeah i can't remember everything anything can you like help me there are some choices on this show and the bebop beat by the way highly recommend that podcast because they go into every episode in detail there are moments where they go, okay, this doesn't make sense unless you factor in it looks cool. And yeah. sometimes that makes for not great writing, but it makes for great vibe. So you know what like, I will say? Yeah, why doesn't she just say, hey, what can you tell me about my family? But she just doesn't because that's the cool thing to do. <laughs> and it's... Yeah. it you know, And then when you, when you think about it five minutes later, you're like, oh yeah, that is kind of stupid. But in the moment, you, you go with it because it's... Because it's the vibe. You know what my it look it looks cool pet peeve is. Mm. I can't stand being able to hear combat in space. I think okay, it drives me crazy. And I know like ninety nine percent of shows out there, yeah, are guilty of this. But I think when you see a space battle, 
it is so much cooler if all you have is like comms like in the cockpit like if you can hear the communication them talking like if you have a really loud cockpit with the ship moving around you and you're firing but your perspective is in the cockpit noise is cool cut to the outside watching people die and like ships explode in space in total silence would be so much better than hearing explosions and having music i'm so here's here's where i come down on the matter and i swear to god i'll let you talk i've been talking at you for this whole episode because <laughs> i'm so excited about talking about bebop i think that both are valid i know that it is stupid that you're hearing sound in space but i think when you do the silence you are leaning into the horrors of war and when you're doing the sound you're leaning into the action of it all i think it, at at a certain point i've just gone that the fact that it's a genre choice because yeah. if you're gonna make it all super fucked up it's going to exclude some of the things you want to do artistically yeah so not everything can be 2001 space odyssey and go yeah nothing would make a sound out here and that's supposed to be that that feeling of dread some some mm. things are just supposed to be a cool gun battle but you're in a ship so i'm i'm okay with it. and it's <laughs> yeah. more and i'm like yeah they wouldn't actually be hearing that it's artistic sound effects mm-hmm. so and uh i say this just having come off red planetus which is a i have i have not watched the anime but it is a hard sci- hard sci-fi manga about people who clean up space debris like mm-hmm. per, like they're like <laughs> space garbage collectors basically yeah and the science they they do like all the details are so precise like they're like yeah we need to clean up this and we can't make a mess because if one screw one little pebble is orbiting earth at several thousand miles per hour and it hits a spaceship it'll create a huge hole and then people die so we have to clean this up yeah. and it's like they really, <laughs> really care if we leave one nugget of garbage screw loose we're going to have a shars counterattack on our hands basically they have like a uh, a, a a space mine like a landmine like explodes at one point and they're all pissed about it because when it explodes it creates debris which hits other debris which creates more debris and mm. it just creates this like snowballing problem and I'm like I like or they even have like they live on space stations and spaceships and on the moon and they still smoke cigarettes and one of the characters is mad <laughs> that they are getting rid of smoking rooms on all the space stations and the reason they're doing it is because it lowers the overall recycled air quality for everybody else. And they're like, okay. it's just better to not have it because all we're doing is it's spending resources so you guys can smoke. Like, And <laughs> and those, think, those details are like so good to me. Do you think if uh, Radical Edward had stayed on the Bebop and the finale didn't happen, it was just they all stayed together, do you think she would have started smoking eventually? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the peer pressure would have been intense, right? Yeah, I dude, I think the ending was uh great. Um but what what do we get? We have Edward going off with her dad and then we have Spike dying, Jet hanging out, we don't know, and then yeah. Faye not sure where she ended up. Yeah. So so Bo Billingsley who did the English voice of Jet they were like on the bebop beat they're like what do you think happens to jet he's like oh he gets married and has a nice family and i'm like i don't think that was the point at all i think he's the point <laughs> cowboy bebop is a show about people who are stuck yeah and i think jet is probably going to be stuck at least a long time more yeah like when they're with the episodes and they're like out of food and they're just drifting somewhere and then it's yeah. like it's still going to be five more days before we get to the next like uh moon or planet or space station or whatever I love that vibe because it it gives you like yes they can they can use the interplanetary gates but also space is fucking big and it it's gives big you time and to ponder. Poor. Yeah, they're poor. This is in many ways a show about people starving in a spaceship. They're mm-hmm. so hungry. They need that, you know, and I think what's really interesting about this is so when they made the live action Bebop, which stinks, but I still watch the entire run of it. A lot of chuds were like, oh, it's so woke, basically because they gave Faye actual clothes and because they made (laughs) Jet Black and because they cast Spike racially appropriately. There is some argument on on the internet whether or not Spike is supposed to be Jewish, but pretty sure he was a Yakuza. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be Asian, so they cast John Cho. Um, They're all like, oh, it's so woke, it's so woke, it's so woke. And Mother's Basement, which is one of my favorite YouTube channels, did a thorough breakdown of this whole season and he was like 
part of the problem with this show is if you look at what they're the versions of the anime episodes that they're recycling it's like look at this one bad cop on the force and look mm-hmm. at the, it's like this show is much less woke than the original cowboy bebop which is about people starving under wage capitalism in space it is about people who are who are willing to turn in criminals quote unquote who are probably in a lot of ways suffering in the same way they are and about that moral choice and it never really gives you an answer you just sort of watch it happen yeah and I think that's part of what makes it so interesting is that they are in many ways cops, but if you ask them what do you think of cops, they'd probably be like a cab. But they're still doing yeah. law enforcement, and there's a there's a really interesting contradiction in that. Yeah, I think like in the, one of the later episodes, um, Jet gets a call from a cop buddy, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, this guy is headed here. The police, we can't get him." Do you want him? Go get him. Like, there's a bounty out or something. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because it's like, oh yeah. This is like, oh, yeah, the police can only do so much because they operate within the confines of the law. The bounty hunters just do whatever it takes. And they yeah. there's a high fatality rate, so no one cares. They just go with it, you know? So I think the uh, the moral take is very neutral. Mm-hmm. Like, this show, <laughs> this show made me be like, hmm, maybe I should get into crime. And then... <laughs> <laughs> really thought about it. I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not cut out for that. I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> no, I don't need a dude with fuzzy hair and a Jericho pistol gunning for me. Yeah, I'd be like, um, uh, I don't know. Like the the whole bounty hunter thing is kind of cool. Kind of a great, great vibe. Great, it's great a area. Yeah, it's a great way to create like a moral gray area where you can have lots of stories. Mm-hmm. I wish they hit a bounty like one time. That would be great. <laughs> there, there is that one episode where they're cashing one out. So I think they got one. But, but you bring up an interesting point, which is they're not very good. <laughs> they, their strike rate is so bad. They, they get loopholed out of every single bounty every, that they capture. Every single bounty. And like we know that they've gotten something. Because I, I think the beauty of the pilot is it perfectly sets up the finale without telling you that's what it's going to do but it also the vibe i got especially seeing it as an adult um was you know they're having the bell peppers and beef and he's like why is there no beef it's like because you spent all our fucking money because you injured a cop and you smash up a car so you know they can get the job done but it's Mm going to be messy and it's going to be inconsistent yeah and that one of them is wildly reckless and the other one is essentially the dad that will like sew up his clothes and, and and cook dinner and stuff. And but the fact that it ends with Spike going through his, you know, his Jikundo stretching mm-hmm. and posing, the vibe I got from it was like, oh, this is just one of their stories. So mm-hmm. again, we are seeing these people in the back half of the third act of some of them of their lives, but at least of their story. Because how many times did they go after a drug dealer on Mars? That we just never need to see. It's just implied. Yeah. Their lives have been insane every day. And they've known and, each other for three years. So at least for three years, probably much longer. Yeah. I I think one of the things that I recognize, like this whole story, every every single piece of it is like a cold open, basically. Like it is entirely a show of cold opens, isn't it? And I think that that's what makes it great. I love a yeah. cold open. I love a mystery. I love working backwards to figure it out. Like you mentioned there's like things they show in the uh in some of the flashbacks that you don't understand until later or at yeah, all. And the rose I, and I think on second watch I would be able to tell more of what's going on there. Yeah. Because watching the flashbacks for the first time, you're like, none of this means anything to me. I will zone out. <laughs> um <laughs> He's sad, he's in a graveyard, it's raining. There's a yeah, woman tearing up a note. Like that. Yeah. So um but the cold open I think is like a it's such a powerful thing. A lot of anime that we have watched, especially like Shonen, is so painfully obsessed with its own origin story and reasons for things. And I almost feel like it would be better to just bury that. Like the like you could even bury most of Act One of a Shonen and just use it as flashbacks. Yeah. Like I don't know. Uh, I, I talk about it all the time, but Blame, the manga series, incredible. It's so cold open. You have no idea what this world is, who this character is, what you kind of know what he's doing, 
but everything is so cold open and given to you with such little explanation that it just forces you to settle into the vibe and be like, oh yeah, every, if I was in this world, this is how much I would know. I would know basically nothing. Cowboy Bebop trusts your intelligence maybe more than any other show ever mm-hmm. fucking written. And this is why I get up my own ass bitching about Jujutsu Kaisen giving me fucking the lore every episode with flashcards because look how much better it is when you set up your world in the shadows, in the implications, and context clues, and if you don't figure it out, that's on you. Because some things you don't need to understand to get emotionally. Right. It's almost like uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is like you are standing there with the main characters and they know you don't know anything. So they keep being like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Cowboy Bebop is like you are a fly on a wall watching Mm. others' lives take place. Yeah. And I think that is really satisfying because, because, like, not like a, a, a good balance of mystery and understanding makes something interesting. Yeah. The 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 compulsion in the in like most worlds of fiction, right? Is to flesh out a universe or if you don't do it the fans will do it for you. Mm-hmm. And like I saw a video about how JK Rowling is a terrible world builder and I know we don't like her. I understand yeah. these arguments that she's bad at world building and stuff. Like we have four houses, we we only know about we only talk about two of them ever, but What's nice about it is it's not about those other houses. It's not about other schools of wizarding. It's not about blah, 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 blah. It's about Hogwarts and Harry. And that's where the scope stays. The issue is they overstepped with uh, Voldemort wants to control the wizarding world. So then it Mm -hmm. makes you question how the whole world works with magic. And that's where it falls apart. But dude, like the first three Harry... first three Harry Potter movies, when you just watch those, or the books, and you just take it for what it is, you're like, this is the perfect amount of, I am being shown a story that's happening in this fantastical world, and so much of it is left to my imagination of the possibilities of what could occur. And Cowboy yeah. Bebop is the same thing. And it's like, if, if I don't I need get, all the details. Yeah, and if I may get a little bit of Jujutsu Kaisen complaint on this Cowboy Bebop episode. Jujutsu Kaisen, to me... In many ways, it's it has a lot of parallels to Harry Potter, mm-hmm. a lot of them. Yeah, but it Harry Potter sets up okay, magical stuff is gonna happen. It's always gonna be weird. It doesn't need that much explanation. You think about it. You say some words. It does a thing, and you know. Then when someone else does it later, because you've seen it happen once, and it doesn't. Yeah. It gives you a few things like the 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 forbidden curses that are gonna matter later, which are all Chekhov's guns. But you see the world as it is in tasteful amounts of world building. And Jujutsu Kaisen is like if Harry Potter was like, well, let's cut back to the classroom every fight sequence. Yeah. No. Now it was like. <laughs> I promise I'll keep this to a minimum, but the Bebop gets to the, yeah. uh, gets to the heart of a lot of why I'm mad about Jujutsu Kaisen. So. It, makes, it totally makes sense now. Like really just looking through this and like. It's such a different experience. I think at the beginning with Jujutsu Kaisen, I think we did appreciate some of the explanation that they mm-hmm. clarified some stuff, but they did go overboard and then sometimes they go under and it's hard to tell. Like we're like where we are in the story right now, it's like you can just say these veils are barriers. You don't yes. have to explain it all the time. You can just have a character go and be like, I can't get through this one. Be like, oh, I can get through this one. That's weird. Yeah. Move on. I don't know. Yeah. So like the the characters in these worlds should know about their own worlds. Yeah. And I I think like the shonen, you know, Naruto, he's like becoming a ninja and he's growing through the world and learning stuff. Same thing with like Bleach and One yeah. Piece. And like a, these characters and, and are it's discovering, but and it's a different genre. So we can say that there are tropes of the shonen genre yeah. that are fun to do that are just different from a bebop, which is fine. Not anything yeah. everything has to be bebop, but and it Take a lesson. That's all I'm saying. Take a lesson. I think it. This is something that the um, the older Gundam shows do well because they they give us like a little at the beginning of like Mobile Gundam and Zeta Gundam. They're like a hundred or seventy nine years in the Universal Century, mankind has overpopulated and gone to space. One of these colonies rebels against them. 
Yep. And then we see a colony drop and they're like, are you ready for the story now? <laughs> yeah, that's and then, all you really need. And that's all you need. Like the um Yeah. Imagine if we did the Pierre LeFou episode and they gave you the intricacies of why he can fly. He's so much scarier when you don't know what they did to him. Mm-hmm. You just know he's a crazy child who has a big in- invincible body. I don't want to know how it works. It will only diminish the impact of going, Spike's pretty fucked right now. Yep. Also that that episode the theme park I was that the the way they animate that theme park I'm like mm-hmm. this theme park is as big I was like how how big is this place it looks huge and I'm like it's probably the size of like all of the Las Vegas strip that theme park probably. is so massive <laughs> just the way they animate it it's so it's so scary and that I loved that episode it was so off the wall all right. Did you watch the theme music and the bumpers more than once? I watched the theme music every time. I didn't okay, watch the good. every time. Okay, the bumpers are fun because they, they do fun things like the Pierre LeFou one is just him laughing over footage. It's just maniacal laughing. But um, <laughs> I'm glad you watched the, the end credits every time because they're actually, I think, fulfilling a narrative purpose that you see them every time because Cowboy Bebop is about particularly Spike, but I think all of them, they're stuck in a repetition rut. Mm-hmm. And the theme music does two things. One, banger. Two, it's showing you random contextless shots of Spike's previous life. You're mm-hmm. seeing him getting caught with Julia by Vicious. You're seeing the rose in the glass. You're seeing a shot of Julia. You're seeing him playing with some kids in a park, having a cigarette, doing just flashes. And because the a video I watched pointed this out because the credits are rolling over it. You can't really get a good look at a lot of the details of the Mm -hmm. images. So it looks like you're looking at memories. You can't quite make out, which is what it feels like to be spikes. Because he's so in that. Am I dreaming or am I really alive? Which I take as more of a metaphor than Mm -hmm. him actually thinking he's dreaming. But point being like, what the fuck? He's clearly got untreated PTSD. I think the show is, at the end when he drops it, he's got one fake eye. Yes. <laughs> you're like, they <"Later>, whoa. <laughs> and they were giving you hints the whole time. It, the, at the end of the title sequence, you see a big eye. And at, when you learn, you're like, oh, that was Spike's fake eye the whole time. You see it every episode, but you just don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. And there's that one where he's in the bar and he has a weird flashback to him on the table with the. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so what was I saying? Oh, so so the the fact that you see this rep song with these memories over and over and over again gives you this kind of episodic feel of what it feels like to be this guy. So, and mm-hmm. they talked about this on our intros and outros episode when they do that song, see you space cowboy, which is the real folk blues, but with different lyrics and it's all in Japanese. And you're like, Oh, I've heard this song a million times and I've heard the words, the real folk blues, and it was fun and I couldn't wait to watch the next episode. And now they're singing in Japanese while a man is going up against an army. I have a bad feeling that this time for Spike is different. Yeah. And it is because he ain't getting out alive. Mm. And I love that. I think it's, like I said, I think Cowboy Bebop uses the meat, the tro- tro- not just tropes, but like the trappings of television better than anything because it just knows how to exploit every angle of what television does literally showing you a thing repetitively because it would have to because it's the credits but Mm -hmm. using it so when it finally pays off at the end and it doesn't do that you are destroyed yeah they i really like cowboy bebop yeah (laughs) you you got a lot to say it's i do i think i think i'm gonna appreciate it more and more as time goes on it's a rewatch show yeah. Oh my god. Like a rewatch show and unfortunately just by the nature of it, like when we watch other anime now, I'm going to be thinking is this how does this hold up against Cowboy Bebop? Like Yes, you <laughs> Maxim, we're truly anime brothers now. <laughs> You're like this is good, but it's not Bebop. <laughs> yeah, and I understand there's amazing shows like like Death Note is not bebop at all. It doesn't have to be still incredible no. for its own reasons, right? Absolutely. It's but the what the things that bebop is doing well is being intentional and respecting the viewer. <laughs> it respects you so goddamn much. Yeah. It respects you uh, a lot. And I really appreciate that because I'm just, 
I'm tired of my hand being held through all these stories. And I think that's what that's what honestly has drawn me to blame and Knights of Sidonia and like the Nihei stories is like he gets a lot of flack for having not a lot of context. But I'm also like, no, this is this is great. This feels really good on my brain because I don't feel like I'm just being catered to. I'm I think I feel like I'm reading something and I'm like figuring it out as I go too. Yeah. And it makes you feel immersed in the world because think these people know what the fuck's going on half the time exactly they were just boy they were just raising this they just live there they don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. how good is the communication between mars and the like remnants of people like haunting the earth probably yeah. not great <laughs> like yeah i think also uh one one thing that's kind of cool about cowboy bebop is it's actually kind of a cyberpunk masterpiece yes, without like some of the flaws of other cyberpunk worlds i think Mm -hmm. it does a great job of being extremely high tech and low tech at the same time yeah they have guns just guns yeah just guns lasers are expensive they've got fucking pistols and rifles and shotguns and shit it's kind of right up the alley of it's kind of actually like star wars could be believably put in the cowboy bebop world as cowboy bebop is happening if that makes yeah, sense, like, yeah. If if you turn, if it and there is kind of a mystical element to Bebop because you could mm-hmm. argue that the afterlife is real based on what they tell you. So I would be, if it turned out the Force was real in Bebop, I would be annoyed. Yeah. But I would be like, well, it's the same. They, they they haven't done no work to set that up. But it is like the same um, technical grade, like the same technology level in a lot of oh, cases. Oh yeah, the, the the in terms of just the shit they're using, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I really liked it. I think, I mean, it's a fault of every show before the iPhone came out that they had no idea what was about to happen with technology and how mm-hmm. we're going to communicate. Yeah. But you can't hold it against them. So I'm, I'm curious, like, in the future, I mean, I'm really excited to see how, like, fiction depicts our hyperconnectedness. Because yeah. it's like we're only slowly being able to comprehend it right now. But like you wake up in the morning and you can see war happening on your TikTok. People are just like, oh, my God, my my apartment complex is being bombed. Hold up the camera, you know, and I'll send this. And like when we have interplanetary communication, when we have people on other planets, it's not going to take that long to talk to Mars. Like, we'll be yeah. able to just do that, you know? And, and I think Cowboy Bebop thrives on that cyberpunk feeling of, like, we can do all this crazy shit, but it's boring now because it's yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah. It's just, this sucks. I don't want to talk mm. to Mars anymore. They're weird. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's really great. It also is a show that doesn't value life a lot. Like, everyone is kind of on the same, like, plane in a way like no one yeah. feels invincible in that world yeah and like granted spike spiegel should have died a few times by any lot he literally falls off of out of a cathedral window and doesn't die but the fact that he had it again the trappings of television it uses his plot armor to help make the point of the show that he couldn't yeah. have plot armor forever mm-hmm. and that having plot armor often fucks up your brain <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> plot armor is bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> the adverse. Talk to your doctor if your plot <laughs> armor. <laughs> Are you experiencing people shooting at you, but they end up always dying? Do, have you ever met a man who holds a sword to your chest and says, "I'm the only one who can drain your blood away," and yet you get out okay? Talk to your doctor about plot armor. Uh, side effects of plot armor may include uh, brooding alone on your spaceship, uh, the urge to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, really solid show. Um, glad I watched the dub for this one. I'm a subs guy all the time, but like, the dub is legendary, and it was just so great being able to play Pokemon on my phone and watch <laughs> a show at the same time. Which I'm gonna not say is sacrilege, even though I'm kind of thinking it a little bit. <laughs> it is sacrilege, but also I play the trading card game online, so it's like I take my turn and then I watch. Oh, that's and then I take my turn and then I watch. And it's not oh, like it's not like a constant. Yeah. So they it just and the, the pacing is great. The dialogue is awesome. Faye's hairline could not be lower. 
Like, <laughs> Faye is the opposite of Vegeta when it comes to hairlines. Yes. Vegeta's hairline is like a thousand miles away from his eyes. Faye's mm-hmm. hair, hair is like poking her eyeball. It's where it grows out of her scalp. Okay, if you have to criticize Bebop for some stuff, what would you say? You will not hurt my feelings because I have criticisms too. Um, I think criticism... Uh, and it's hard to like the thing I love about the setting is not exactly knowing the scope of the setting. I wish it was a little more clear that this all takes place within the solar system and within the within the moons of the planets. Because okay. it's kind of hard, kind of they're always bouncing back and forth. And I guess I never really knew where they were. And that doesn't have to be totally explained. Um um i did like that we didn't just have this is just another thing i like that we didn't have a traditional romance i like that everyone's just feeling bad about past romances yeah, you the the people have made the argument that Faye is in love with spike i don't think so but i think it is a valid read and if it and if you do take that read it's still very tastefully done this is this like the way the romance is in this show is like four 27 four single 27 year olds all become roommates and they get along well enough that they all learn each other's backstories <laughs> pretty much but yeah it's like <clears throat> I, I like the lack of love interest i mean julia's kind of there but yeah. the way it's framed is like really well done because he's not just like he's kind of like obsessing over her but not in like a putting her on a pedestal type of way he's just like i need to like find if she's alive or reconnect with her or whatever critiques um i would want to see i mean we do see a lot of spaceships i would want to see some more spaceships for sure um i don't know there's i i just enjoyed it so much and leaving the story where they left it was a great call all the characters were solid i think okay Jet could have had a little bit more. They could have put a little bit more of their um, cowboy into Jet, into <laughs> writing the Jet storyline. Cow- cowboy Bebass. Yeah, the Cowboy Bebass. Um, he kind of got shafted a little bit by the story. I don't. I don't think his story was compelling as compelling as Faye yeah. um, or Spike. Edward's story. Edward didn't need a super compelling story, but no. having a sweet ending kind of come out of nowhere is kind of cool. Yeah, I like Edward's ending. But Jet, I don't know. I think um, there's something like I would have liked the final episode to end with Jet like alone in the bebop, just watching the the roundem up or whatever the the bounty hunter show oh, is. Uh, um, oh, what is the show called? Big Shot. Big Shot. Yeah. If he yeah. if he if the show ended with just him alone in the bebop watching the big shot like just like drinking just solemnly mm-hmm. i think i'd appreciate that because it's kind of like it comes full circle in a way you know yeah because because he he's got to figure out spike when never came back for a reason mm-hmm. he's probably dead and i think that would hit him very hard because he you know they're all of these people have flaws but they do care about each other at the end of the day mm-hmm. my criticism i've got a few um and I think that the my only criticisms of Bebop, they're they're very rarely about the a choice that was made. They're more about this was made in 1997 and it shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't like. I I think Faye Valentine is a well rounded character who uses the tropes of the femme fatale literally on purpose within the narrative. Mm-hmm. I do think the camera does not need to stare down her tits so much. Yeah. But it was made in 1997 by men. So it's going to happen. Yeah. I think I like the fact that they went out of their way to include characters of color, but they often lean into stereotypes. Like the native mm-hmm. American chief is too much. It is fun yeah. that he's got a PlayStation in his, in his, uh, in his house. If you look really close. So He's doing it's kind of an act, but they they lean into the like Native American mysticism in kind of a cringy way. But again, yeah, 1997. And then if I had any beef that's not about, um, you know, this didn't super age well. I wish they were a little bit clearer 
about what am I supposed to draw from Spike Spiegel's story? Am I supposed to believe that he went down for no good reason? Am I supposed to believe that he went down in a noble way? Because it's so many conflicting little context clues yeah. that I'm having a little bit hard time coming away without being a little bit confused in a bad way. But I do think I'm mostly confused in a good way, so I'm not that mad about it. But there's a part of me going, okay, what what do you what does the show think of this man at the end of the day? I would like that to be a little more pedant uh didactic. I think, I think it's the final his final kind of monologue before he leaves the bebop is like the whole thing I think it's trying to say with Spike is that Spike and Jet had this found family that they were hanging out with, having a good time with the whole time. And every single one of them was too caught up on their past to mm -hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. And when Spike went back to his past, Spike could have run away and been fine. But when he chose to go back to his past, it ended up destroying him. Yeah. And, and I think it's, if we want to draw a hard and fast lesson. He went back to it, and I believe with some with a hefty dose of being selfish, because even Faye is like, don't do it. She she goes she says everything but don't do it. We love you. We will miss you if you are dead. But she's yeah. firing a gun to the wall going, Don't don't go, this is stupid. So she's essentially saying So I think he goes back there with some degree of selfishness. But I also think he thinks he's the only one that can stop Vicious from killing a bunch of people. So it's not completely selfish. It's revenge. Yeah. And it's about, at the end of the day, I think more about him getting over his... Because the whole thing about, I'm going there to see if I'm really alive. I don't believe that he means he literally thinks he's dreaming. I think he has succumbed to a malaise brought about by having mm. PTSD in that he does... And that's why he's so cool all the time is because he doesn't care about his own safety and they and he even plays it up that he's like yeah whatever happens happens i'm going down but yeah. if you really get down to it he's so depressed that yeah. he does they are all ascent his flirting with danger is essentially gussied up suicide attempts mm -hmm. in a lot of ways so i think he goes back to vicious to, on some level heroically to put a stop to him especially once uh julia is out of the picture and then especially because i think if i'm correct he he wanted her to run away without him because he wanted her to go live her life um but i think he did do something stupid in that he could have just run away and even if vicious would have been a menace he did give up found family that i don't think he fully appreciated yeah. even to the last minute and maybe he did know what he was giving up at the very end because they have that moment, but he still chose to give it up, which is selfish. Mm -hmm. But I think he smiles at the end knowing like, all right, I did one good thing. Yeah. And I think it also, again, hefty dose of selfishism. Oh, I found out what I needed to find out, which is this killed me, but I don't have to live with my own past. It's both. Yeah. It's really both. That was a long way of saying he's kind of sucks, <laughs> but he's kind of a nice guy. Yeah, I think he's good. Yeah. I think um, he's coded as having a heart of gold the whole time, which is why the movie pisses me off because he's such a dick the whole time. I think the um, the whole lesson of the show is really uh, about Julia, and it's yeah. um, it's move on. It's who you who you date matters. <laughs> <laughs> it's, she's cute, no. but she ain't cute enough to go to go kill somebody. Yeah, no, it's like uh, yeah, I think this this show is all about not getting hung up in the past. Yeah. That's it. It's it's great. I loved it. My biggest critique is that there is no modern Swordfish 2 Thank model you! <laughs> it's old, it's a hundred bucks, and all the reviews say it falls apart. I would so I'm like, I might I want just, it. I might just make so commission someone to 3D print one for me. <laughs> oh, well, you're going to have to order two of them because I'm going to yeah. need that too. <laughs> Paint it up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Fantastic series. It's a classic for a reason. Um, I honestly think even with uh, Faye's fan service at points, yeah. it is not as bad as modern shows at the fans. If anything, yeah. she's just wearing a skimpy outfit most times and sometimes they zoom in a little. Yeah. But the the context is there. Like 
she's getting attention from bad guys and then she like robs them or beats them up or does whatever, you know? Yeah, like but, it's too much, but it's only a little too much because most of the time, like my, I get mad when it's like, oh, she, we don't need, do we need jiggling in this scene? But like, she tricks dudes by being super hot. That is a valid strategy if you're a bounty hunter. Yeah. She, yeah. So, I and I, I don't think, I mean, some of the stereotypes did not age super yeah, well. The black exploitation episode's a little rough. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, I, I kind of just like thought it was like, this is just a stylistic choice for these characters. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I shouldn't say that. I should cut that part where I said that. But it didn't, <laughs> it didn't, it didn't bother canceled, me. Canceled. Canceled. I think there's, there's sometimes I watch a show that I'm like, yo. Don't. Yeah. But this one, I was like, yeah, I'm down for all of it. This could have been like a slight, imp- like, I would improve, I would tweak this by like 5%. Like, fully agree. Yeah, there is like the, the amount that could be fixed with Cowboy Bebop is so, so small that it's negligible. Yeah. If you went, like, if they said we're doing a remake of Cowboy Bebop to like fix the flaws, which is, they didn't say that about the live action, but I think it was a little bit implied. And I don't also don't think that's a terrible thing to want to do to be like, hey, this is great, but it would, you know, maybe it was unfair to, to women a little bit. Um, I'm almost like, yeah, but it's like a ship in a bottle. Don't go poking around because you see a nub mark. Yeah, just it's not it's going to fall apart. It's not yeah. not that those things are absolutely necessary for the point it's making. I'm not saying that, but it's like. Don't go poking at it because it can't. It's not going to end well for the. That live action yeah. series was horrendous. I and will not say it was too woke because it was just it was bad. If anything, it was too centrist for my taste. The uh, surprisingly, Cowboy Bebop passes the Bechtel test. Not every yeah. episode, but not it does pass episode. the Bechtel test. <laughs> the, women, the the fun fact about the women on Cowboy Bebop, they're people. They they're talk people, like people. Yeah. <laughs> there are women on Way the show ahead that are of their time that are not just tits on sticks. Yep. So loved it. Classic. I will. I don't know what I'm going to watch now, but it is. Um, it's never going to be as good as Bebop. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yep. I. I'm. I'm kind of. I. I'm. I kind of want to watch Evangelion. Um, and then I also have been. What is it? There's a show called Escaflone, which was released um, in like the 2000s, and it's like a mecha yeah. anime, yeah. but the mecha are like knights, and I'm really curious about that, that one. I, the theme song's burned in my brain, but I never watched a single episode, but Escaflone will haunt my dreams forever. I think it was also written by uh, the uh, Tamino, who wrote... Um, oh, no, it's not. I thought it had I think- some... It had some, I thought it had some relation to Gundam, but I guess not. I think there's a relationship to Bebop, like one of the designers or something. If you look at the the, the team who design, who wrote and drew and Bebop, it's it's a murderer's row of people. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I own so... way too much Cowboy Bebop merchandise. I've got like, <laughs> two Spike mugs, like ten Spike T-shirts. I've got a 3D printed Jericho. Dude, I think if you get, I think if you get a cowboy bebop bebop tattoo, I don't think you're gonna regret it. I think you should get like the ship, or uh, funny you say that. I put oh, on the temporary yeah. swordfish tattoo. It the ink ran because I waited too long and it kind of degraded. But I have the swordfish on my forearm right now. I think that's the move. Like that's if you're if you're this stoked about a series, like the swordfish too is like a perfect well like tattoo. That would be good. What I do want to get. I want to get in the font of the show with the big blocky italics. Mm-hmm. I want to get whatever happens, happens. Yeah, that would that would probably. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for it too. I was like, when does he? When does this come up? And I knew it comes up, <laughs> and it's in the when he's yeah. in the because the episode where he's falling to Earth. I was like, he hasn't said it yet. And then when they catch him in the space shuttle, and then their yeah. their thing fucks up. I was like, okay. <laughs> and what they also don't tell you is that scene is hilarious. Yeah. That scene is comedic, and the fact like the the he's the straight man in that scene because he's trying to be all James Dean go down with the ship, and they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about? You can you can explode!" <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, it was great. So well, good. that's the, those are my cowboy bebop thoughts. I've I've said 
all of mine. So we said all of it. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, lucky you, another episode this week. Um, mm. <laughs> turns out, turns out, a if veritable we- bounty. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a theme. If we happen to finish something that we really want to talk about, I think we're just going to jump into it. The Ava one's going to be mostly crying. So yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I I should watch it. I should. I know you, I will like it. You will like it. It is good until it is very bad. <laughs> the ending is awful, and then you watch End of Evangelion, and that's good until it sucks too. Well, it's a yeah. weird property. It is a study in, hey, what happens when you have a really great anime showrunner who's actively losing his mind, <laughs> who is falling apart with suicidal depression, like Jeez. while he has a team of animators to just do whatever he wants. Okay, yeah, I think I'm, I'll vibe. I think this winter that'll be my um, uh, seasonal effective anime. That's what I I watched seasonal uh, anime disorder. I watched Ava in the winter, and part of me wishes I did it in the summer. I don't know if it would have hit me as hard, but maybe that's the move. Maybe you just steer into it like a like when you're skidding on ice. Yeah, I think you just got to take the L. Just really let yourself sink into the depression. Be a Mm. be kind of a vibe for a, a couple months, and then come out of it and be like, wow, I'm so grateful for bright and happy shows like <laughs> spy <laughs> what's, family what's that too much exposition couldn't your magic show sure it's it's not sad fucking robots who all want to slit their own wrists <laughs> i swear you're gonna ha- i i wonder if you're gonna have the same experience with me which is, as me which is this isn't that fucked up which is my version of the edibles not kicking in is like ava's hey, not mm. that fucked up oh no yeah i'm excited to see yeah. well Guys, it's that's good. it for that's it for this episode. Um, I gotta make some food before I go to this show. But patreon.com slash watch from Mercury. You're lucky we didn't put this one behind a paywall because you got three this week. Uh but we got some extra content there. And you can join the Discord server and talk to us about whatever anime shit you want. Um, and then uh watch from Mercury at gmail.com. You can share your thoughts. And send in whatever you want. You can even send in a compliment. You can even send in a backhanded compliment. Or uh, not even a compliment <laughs> at all. Uh, whatever you want. But thank straight you guys up for insult. Straight up insult. Yeah. We'll see you next time, Space Cowboy. <laughs>